the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. When we actually are careful to monitor our words, we have the ability to produce something beneficial in someone's life it actually contributes to their well-being versus when we don't guard our words, we can actually afflict them and wound them with the things that we say. So the Bible tells us if, if you want a good reason why to say something, bring healing to someone. Bring well-being to someone by the way that you speak to them. This is Cornerstone Connection. The radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. Our words should be used to help and bring good to people. Pastor Gary warns us of damaging words. We will all find times where we wish to spit words of destruction and cursing, but we as Christians should not. We are to use words simply for truth, blessing, guidance, and grace. We ought to use words in the same manner which Jesus used them. If you struggle to find kind words, spend more time in the Bible. Study the way in which Jesus interacted with others and strive to do the same. Let your words be a light which shines for all around you. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, with part two of his message, Speech in Proverbs. My purpose in going through Proverbs is my particular mission here is looking at all the various verses through Proverbs that deal with this topic of speech, kind of categorize them for us, and then put these verses together. And these verses speak for themselves. But what I'd like us to do is look at these verses that we're going to be seeing here as we survey Proverbs and just ask the Lord, Lord, just, you know, gently affirm an area I might be doing well in, but challenge me in the areas where I need to grow and improve. Because all of us have room for improvement when it comes to speech. So, let's talk about the first category first. Content. What we say. There are several kinds of speech that Proverbs warns against. Slander. Gossip. Lies. Flattery and deception. We'll go through these one by one, and I'll give a basic working definition, even though we primarily know what these words mean, but just so we have working definitions. First of all, there's many warnings about slander. Slander is evil, malicious talk intended to damage or destroy another person. Proverbs 10:18 says this, he who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. All right, the Bible speaks against slander 
different passages. Colossians 3.8 is another example. Paul is listing some sins that we need to get rid of in our lives. And in Colossians 3.8, it starts out with saying anger, rage. Uh, it talks about uh, malice. And then he mentions slander and filthy language from our lips. He says, get rid of all this stuff. And slander is right there in that category there in Colossians 3.8. Slander is a terrible thing because we can do damage to someone And it's very difficult to recover when somebody says something that is slanderous against somebody. So guard your mouth against slander, evil, malicious talk intended to damage or destroy another person. Another thing that the Bible warns us about here in Proverbs is gossip. Now, there are six different verses throughout Proverbs warning us uh, and condemning gossip. Here's one of them, Proverbs eleven thirteen. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Gossiping is when we tell rumors or revelation of personal or sensational facts about others. So we need to refrain from gossiping. That verse there in Proverbs eleven thirteen says, when we betray a confidence, uh, it's a terrible thing. A trustworthy person keeps a secret. I mentioned this last week when we talked about friends and family. You, you want to kill a friendship quicker than anything? Repeat a matter that you heard in confidence. That is a relationship killer. We need to learn to keep a confidence and not to gossip. And by the way, don't entertain gossip either. Because I guarantee you, if someone is gossiping to you about someone else, they will also gossip about you to somebody else as well. If you entertain gossip, you better believe they're going to gossip about you too. So we, we need to be able to put the brakes on and say to somebody, you know what, that sounds like gossip to me, I don't want to hear it. But because many times we love the juicy bit of latest information, we entertain that stuff. Instead, what we need to be doing is saying, I'm sorry, that's sounding to, to me like gossip and I really don't want to be a party to that. So neither should we be gossipers, nor should we entertain gossip. Also, Proverbs 20, verse 19 tells us, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. We also are warned about the content of our speech in regards to lies, which are false statements about something or someone. Proverbs 12, 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Notice he detests, God actually detests certain things, and lying lips is on that list. In fact, it also tells us in Proverbs 6, verses 16 and 17, that there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, and in the list of seven, in verse 17, is a lying tongue. Now, it's interesting to note, in that list there in Proverbs 6, When it talks about six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, three out of the seven things that are detestable to God have to do with our speech. Lying lips, a false witness, and a man who stirs up dissension. And dissension is stirred up because somebody's talking and saying things to stir up dissension. Three out of seven things God hates has to do with improper speech. Lying lying tongue, a false witness, and one who stirs up dissension. Look, John 8, verse 44, Jesus said that who is the liar and the father of lies? Who? Satan. 
The devil is, the, is a liar and the father of lies. So when we lie, we are actually not identifying ourselves with our Heavenly Father. We're identifying ourselves with Satan himself because he is a liar and the father of lies. Well, Pastor G, what about a white lie? Still a lie. You know why we tell white lies? Is because we don't have the verbal dexterity to say the truth in a very kind and gentle way. So, you know, it's Christmas time and Aunt Martha is going to show up at your house with that same daggone fruitcake she brings every year. And you don't like fruitcake. You've never liked fruitcake. And so here comes Aunt Martha with the fruitcake. And then you, you say to her, oh, I love fruitcake. Oh, thank you. And you take the fruitcake from her. You don't like fruitcake. It's a doorstopper when Aunt Martha leaves. You throw it in the trash, and then you talk about how, oh, Aunt Martha just brings this fruitcake every single year. Okay, tell Aunt Martha the truth. I mean, just savor the hassle of bringing a fruitcake to your house every year. Now, you don't have to be abrasive or harsh. You're going to say, Aunt Martha, listen, you're fruitier than your cake. I really don't want it. You don't have to be unkind, but you can just simply say, Aunt Martha, you know what I love most? It's not that you bring a fruitcake. I just love that you come to Christmas. And I really don't need your fruitcake anymore. Thank you so much for always bringing it, but I, I really don't need a fruitcake. To be honest with you, they're really not, not my favorite thing. And just gently tell her how much you love her. Thank you for coming for Christmas. I just don't want your fruitcake. Instead of just lying, even the white lies get us in trouble because they're not sincere. They're not honest. God wants us to be sincere and honest people. And if you can't say it in a right way, then just don't say anything at all. But don't lie about it. Because lying is condemned in Scripture. Also, the what of our speech that is condemned is flattery, which is insincere or excessive praise of another. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight: A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Most people can see when you're just pouring it on thick. So flattery, you know, might be something that you think ingratiates yourself with someone, but most people can tell when it's insincere and just excessive praise, and it really does ruin. It doesn't do anything good, so the Bible warns us against flattery. And then also, it warns us against deception, which is the act of misleading or misinforming another. Proverbs twenty-four twenty-eight: do not testify against your neighbor without cause or use your lips to deceive. Now, how is deception different from lying? Because it's misinformation or it's misleading. So it would be like this. So mom and dad ask teenage son or daughter the question, so who exactly are you going to go to the movie with? I'd like to know who they are. What are their names? And so teenage son or daughter rattles off four names. So these are the people I'm going to the movie with, which is true. But there's actually a fifth person who's in the group. But they don't tell mom and dad the name of the fifth person because they know mom and dad don't like person number five, and that they probably wouldn't be allowed to go to the movie if they said, this is the person uh, who's in our group. So withholding the information, well, I didn't technically lie. No, because you gave them four names out of five. But you deceived because you withheld information and you misled them because you knew. So that's deception. And the Bible condemns that as well. Not only what we say, but also number two, the tone, how we say it. I read this quote Somebody said, quote, I'm careful of the words I say to keep them soft and sweet. I never know from day to day which ones I'll have to eat. <laughs> so keep your tone soft and sweet. And in the book of Proverbs, the tone of our words, it tells us, four things should be pleasant, gracious, 
kind, and gentle. Here's the first one on that list. Proverbs says that our words should be pleasant. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Our tone should be pleasant. We should work on how we come across sweet like a honeycomb. It also tells us in Proverbs that our words should be gracious. Proverbs 22, verse 11, He who loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king for his friend. Our speech needs to be gracious. Not condemning or judging, but just grace-filled. You know, in the same way that we've experienced the grace of God, we should also be people who speak words that are gracious to other people, who express grace to people. Let our words be pleasant. Let our words be gracious. Also on the list, Proverbs says, let our words be kind. In Proverbs 12, 25, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. You and I actually have the ability to bring cheer to someone just by the way we speak with kind words. Let our kind words cheer up another. And then also, uh, finally, in terms of the section on tone, our words should be gentle. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So a gentle word turns away wrath. So you know when somebody comes to you and they're all fired up, they're, they're all jacked up about something, and, and you know they're, they're angry, you can actually diffuse their wrath with a gentle word, just the way that you respond gently. But you know how typical it is when somebody is elevated and escalated in their tone, and then in response, you get elevated and escalated, and then the two of you are just going at it like with elevated, escalated voices. But if one person is the one, I'm just going to diffuse this, I'm just going to speak with a gentle tone. It's amazing how that other person will bring it way down too. Conversely, the rest of that verse says, if you speak harshly, well, it just stirs up anger. So a harsh tone will bring about anger. A gentle tone will calm the wrath. Now, number three, what about the purpose? Why are we to say what we say? Proverbs tells us several things. To promote healing, to cheer someone up, to instruct, to correct and to compliment. Number one, to promote healing. This is Proverbs 12, 18. We read it at the beginning of our study. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You and I actually have the ability to afflict someone with our words or to bring about growth and healing by the things that we say. Now, now, I'm not talking about, you know, the power of the spoken word. I'm just talking about when we actually are careful to monitor our words, we have the ability to produce something beneficial in someone's life. It actually contributes to their well-being versus when we don't guard our words, we can actually afflict them and wound them with the things that we say. So the Bible tells us if, if you want a good reason why to say something, Bring healing to someone. Bring well-being to someone by the way that you speak to them. Also, number two, this is 
kind of a repeat from uh, the, the tone section, because I already quoted Proverbs 12:25. but an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Make it your, your mission and your ministry to cheer up someone that you see as sullen by just speaking a kind word to them. Also, it tells us the why of speech and the purpose of it is to instruct. In Proverbs 16, 21, the wise in heart are called discerning and pleasant words promote instruction. God bless those of you who are teachers and homeschool moms and dads and all of us who have responsibility to instruct the next generation or you, you serve in a role where you have some kind of a teaching responsibility because the words that we use are important in instructing others. It promotes instruction. Also, uh, our words are sometimes to correct. In Proverbs twenty-five twelve, like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man's rebuke to a listening ear. So sometimes we have to say something that's a rebuke. It's a, it's a word of correction. It's a word of admonition. And if it is received by the right person, because Proverbs also says that somebody who's a fool doesn't heed a word of correction or rebuke. But if someone is open to correction, it's like a wonderful thing. That's why it, it, it says here about how it's like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold. It can be a very good thing to say in the right way, right tone, a correcting word. Also, it's good for us to compliment. Another purpose of our speech should be to compliment. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, someone else and not your own lips. Now, this kind of has a dual meaning, doesn't it? Because it's, it's a warning that we should never go around tooting our own horn, talking about ourselves, and be self-promoting people. Okay? That, that's not a good thing. Nobody, nobody likes to sit and listen to you talk about yourself all the time. Okay, so don't, don't praise yourself. Let another do that. But that's the other aspect of this verse. While we shouldn't go around talking about ourselves, other people, we should always look to the interest of others and say a complimentary word. To say something that is affirming, that is appreciative, that is complimentary of another individual. And this is what that verse is saying. We shouldn't be the people to do that ourselves about us, but others. We should take an interest in looking at other people in our lives and saying things that are admirable and encouraging and complimentary. So that should also be our ambition. Finally, number four on this list of speech is timing. When to say something is critical. It's not just what, it's not just, you know, the tone, how, it's not just the reasons, the purpose, the whys, it's also the when. There's a time to talk and there's a time to keep our mouths shut. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about the problem of talking too much. Okay, the problem usually is not that we're not saying enough. The problem is we say too much. We say things, a lot of times we say things before we think. A lot of times we say things and, and then we should have stopped, but, you know, we just are like digging the hole, but we keep saying things. Okay, the overwhelming warning in Proverbs about talking is the warning about talking too much. Yeah, there's a brother who knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said this, quote, Better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you are a fool than to open your mouth and remove all their doubts. So here are some verses to remind us about restraining the tongue. Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. 
Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Or how about this verse from Proverbs 17, 27 and 28. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent, and discerning if he holds his tongue. Do you talk too much? Has your talking too much gotten you in too much trouble? Calvin Coolidge once said, quote, I have never been hurt by anything I didn't say. End quote. These verses remind us about an appropriate, timely word. Proverbs 15, 23, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. Proverbs 25, 11, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. In other words, it's a very picturesque thing. You know, like think of a painting of apples of gold in a, in a bowl of silver. The idea is when you speak a word that is timely, It's a very beautiful thing. A word that is said too soon or too late can be hurtful or offensive or neglectful, but a word that is right on time is what God wants us to be about, which means we we need the wisdom of the Lord, and we need discernment, when to hold our tongue, when to say something, when we've said too much, when we've said too little. We need God's help to be able in conversation to know there are times that we're just going to hear that inner voice of the Holy Spirit saying, don't say it right now. This is not the right time. It's necessary for you to say it, but it's not the right time, and God's going to show you a better time to say it. Sometimes things are too raw. You you have to allow some time for something to heal before you can even say a word aptly spoken, because it, it won't be like... Apples of golden settings of silver if you, if you speak it in the wrong time. But we have to be very, very sensitive to this. Sometimes we are so preoccupied on just the right way to say it. I want to make sure I say this information just right. Yeah, well, that's not the only thing we should be concerned about. We should also be concerned about, is this even the right time to say it? Sometimes we need to pray it and not say it. Sometimes we just need to keep our mouths shut and let God work it out. This is a very sensitive thing. Proverbs does not take this subject lightly. God doesn't take this subject lightly. Every careless word we're going to be judged about. God keeps record of everything we say. Every whisper in the corner will be shouted from the rooftops. So we have to be really sensitive to the the Holy Spirit. What are some things that he wants us to tighten up in our lives concerning our speech? What to say, when to say, why we even say it. The tone in which we say it. All of it has to be carefully weighed before the Lord. And this is a subject he wants us to take very, very seriously. A couple more verses and then, and then we'll close. Proverbs twenty nine twenty. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And Proverbs eighteen thirteen. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. I'm going to summarize all of this from the book of Proverbs with a verse from the book of James. The Apostle James said something important for us. In James 1, verse 19, here it is. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's been said, you've heard it, the reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth was because he wants us to listen twice as much as we talk. May God help us in the use of our speech to reflect him well in what we say, in how we say it, 
in why we say it and when we are to say it. May the Lord help us. Amen. The wisdom of the Proverbs transcend time and culture. We're so glad you chose to study them with us today on Cornerstone Connection. Be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Gary Hamrick relays additional verses that practically apply to each of our lives. Cornerstone Connection has an archive of past messages available to you on our website. If you'd like to hear other teachings right now, just visit cornerstoneconnection.cc and click on Teaching Library under the Teachings tab. Are you listening right now in the Leesburg, Virginia area? If so, we want to meet you in person. Our listeners are always welcome to come be a part of our weekly worship services at Cornerstone Chapel, where these teachings originate from. Join us on Sundays at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. Or stop by Wednesday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. We're excited to have you worship and fellowship with us. You'll get all the details you need at cornerstoneconnection.cc or give us a call. You can reach Cornerstone Connection at 703-771-1500. Please let us know as well how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in today to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling Listen, truth opens up your eyes Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.